Betches Media presents Betches Moms with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Aileen. And I'm Brittany. And today we are joined by the founder of Dog Meets Baby and certified dog trainer, Dominika Knasala. Welcome, Dominika. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. We recently did an episode where we talked about like my, I'm having my first, Brittany's having her second. And um, we talked about my personal fears of what's going to happen with our dog because she has like some jealousy issues and um what kind of every single every single person dm'd us telling us you gotta you gotta have dog meets baby on you gotta follow dog meets baby i I can't everyone everyone it was was like a wave of wow (laughs) yeah Yeah. well that that was my dream (laughs) (laughs) yeah um what kind of dogs do we have i have a mini golden doodle okay and i have a havanese Perfect. Great dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Before we just kind of get into questions and all of that, can you tell us about yourself and how you got into this and how you even started Dog Meets Baby? I started last year. The pandemic pandemic helped me with that. Uh, I was suddenly home with my two kids. They were four at the time. I have twins. And um, I had all this time. And well, I was with my kids, so not that much time, but I I, I suddenly stopped working. And um, I've been thinking about it. It's something that I worked on for a while at that time, but um, never really had time to do it. And um, yeah, the pandemic really helped me with that. I hired a social media manager. She told me what to do. She helped me initially. And that's how it started. Well, were you a dog trainer before that? That was your- Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been training dogs, um, yeah, for 13 years, 14 years, I think, <laughs> for quite a while. And so, yeah, no, no. This is something that I've been doing for a long time, but the dog meets baby started um, last April. So did you specialize in this for like at-home visits before the pandemic? I did. I was training dogs, um, yeah, at people's houses. I I was not really specializing. I wouldn't say I was spe- I was specializing in babies and kids until I had my kids. It kind of, you know, I, um, you you may well maybe I should I should tell what really inspired me to start it. So I have a yellow lab, very well trained, very well socialized, um, the sweetest dog ever. And when I brought my kids home, my dog had a very scary predator reaction. She acted as if there were squirrels or kittens in the crib. And um, it was absolutely horrifying. It was um, not what I expected. I, I never really knew that that was possible. She had a very extreme predator reaction. She lunged at that crib and she oh, was wow. hunting. She's 60 pounds. My kids were five pounds. And, um, and that's when I, um, well, I, I never really want any parent to ever go through this. And that's when I realized that I almost did every single thing right during this introduction, minus the fact that I didn't give her quite enough time because I didn't expect that um, to watch my kids from the distance. 
But that's why I'm so passionate about helping parents introduce their babies to their dogs the right way. So what is the right way? Can you share how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the right way is to have a plan because <laughs> what you can find on social media is that dad carries the child in a, the baby in a car seat and he enters the house, the dogs are jumping all over him. And then he places the car seat on the floor and the dogs just go inside one dog or two, and they all start sniffing. They have full access to the baby. The parent doesn't see the child for a while. And then the parent gets scared. I'm comfortable and they start pulling the, those dogs. <laughs> so this uh-huh. is, it's, uh, but that's what you see all the time. And that's what people do, which is absolutely not the right way. So the right way would be to make sure that um, you're holding that baby higher or you have the baby in the crib or in a car seat or in your arms, the dog is on leash or you use a gate and you slowly, gradually approach that baby. You give your dog enough time from a distance Um, because if something, if you see that your dog is uncomfortable or about to lunge or very scared, that's what you postpone the greeting. You can do it later. You don't have to do it right away. So you think, so you should hold the dog back maybe in like the next room where he could see the baby. And then how much time do you think you need to give that dog before you actually bring him over to the baby? Well, that will depend on your dog. Like in my case, I would have noticed if my dog was at a distance that she was already hunting. I would have stopped the greeting right there. Some dogs, it's just, they may may act as if there was no baby. Very normal. Some dogs will be like, well, I really don't know what we're doing here. You're just giving me some high value treats. Like I love that she's at stake. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's just, let's. Give me more treats. And um, and then you can approach because the dog seems very relaxed and doesn't have any reaction. Some dogs will sniff the air, but are very easy to, to, like it's very easy for you to focus your dog on you. Then you know that your dog is relaxed. Um, I'm very passionate about, about watching the dog's body language. So um, it's something that I talk a lot um, um, about on my, on my Instagram. So, so what are the specific signs to look out for that are positive or negative? In, in the body language. Yeah. So if in that case, if you know, like in that case, if your dog looks like, um, um, like as if your dog was hunting, like, like there was a mouse or a squirrel, that's when you're not approaching. If your dog is really tense and maybe growls or barks and, and seems um, aggressive, most parents are not going to say hi. Uh, if your dog does not want to move forward, again, that's what I see in many videos on social media parents are like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Go say hi. That's your baby brother. Go, go. Let's go. Okay. We don't do it. Give your dog time. It has to happen when they're ready. Um, so that the, you know, that these are the more, more obvious signs. If your dog seems the subtle body language would be the dog is yawning when they're not tired, the dog is lip licking or nose licking when there is no food present, the dog, um, keeps panting, even if it's not hot. Um, a lot of times when they suddenly start sniffing the floor, when you know you didn't drop anything, that's also a sign of stress. Or if they suddenly are itchy, like, like very itchy, we're not itchy before for hours. Uh-huh. That's often a sign of mild stress. Okay. What would be a sign that they are ready and you can bring them over? 
Um, if it's they're sniffing the air or not really paying attention to the to the baby, um, and you say their name and they right away look at you, they take treats gently. They just seem relaxed. Like a good way to think about it is like when you come home, you memorize what your dog looks like. Your happy dog. Look at the ears. Look at the tail. Look at the body. Look at the mouth. And memorize it. Then, in a different situation, let's say your dog is afraid of skateboarders, or your dog is afraid of loud tracks, and you see that your dog is the body's crouched, the tail is tucked, the ears go back, uh, or the body's tense. And memorize this, so you know this is what my scared dog looks like. This is what my happy dog looks like. And then look for those signs when you introduce to the to your baby. If it seems more tense and scared. Let's give your dog more time. You don't have to introduce right away. You can totally keep them separated until your dog is more relaxed. But if your dog seems kind of okay, curious, but not really tense, the kind the kind of body language when you come home or similar, that means your dog is ready. So in terms of just like making the plan though, like mm-hmm. when I come home, my dog like gets really excited and comes to me and I try to be calm, whatever give her her little scratches and my husband when my husband comes home it's even crazier so do you recommend not to do the hellos first and then you bring the baby and when she's calm then you bring the baby in yes always meet the the dog first yes you you want to meet the dog whether it's outside or inside your house without the baby so do you do it inside the house or like you know how sometimes they say or trainers, maybe you say that um, to meet two dogs, you have to do it in a neutral territory that isn't in their in their space. Do you have to do it like outside because of that? Uh, to meet you meeting the dog or you you meeting baby, your dog? The baby meets the dog, like to avoid jealousy in the future. Well, I would say that might be very hard for many people because they don't really, they may not have a backyard or it's winter time. Do you really yeah. want your baby, you know, when it's like <laughs> negative, like when it's minus well, yeah. 30, right? So it's like, you're not going to do it. So a lot of times I, you don't have to, no, it's you meet the par- the dog separately, you meaning the parent. So the dog is happy. They can get the scent of the baby off you. And then you can decide depending on what kind of dog you have, your dog's temperament, your, how many dogs you have, you can decide and, and how you feel okay, I'm going to have the baby in the crib or I will be holding the baby or I will have the baby in the car seat or okay. hold it a little bit higher. Yeah, you don't have to do it inside your house unless you really have a dog that is a serious resource guarder. But in that case, I would definitely recommend working with a trainer before you introduce your baby. Most people are not going to have that issue. What about if your dog now has met the baby and he's a little hyper jumping on the baby, licking the baby, sniffing the baby very like aggressively, but they're happy. Like you could tell they're happy. When, how do you get the dog to stop doing that? Because even though he's happy and everything's good, it definitely is a little bit stressful to have a dog licking a newborn. I would say a lot of times what many parents think it's happy it's actually not that happy it, it's oh, really? very, it's actually concerned or stressed oh. um so there is a lot you know if the dog is it, it could be also a matter of no no training before and the dog always jumps on everyone who comes home right so we always want to see 
does my dog jump on every person that comes home and that's what they always do and now they do it to a baby or this is actually more unusual for my dog and my dog is now jumping up to lick the baby but it's actually a sign of stress and 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 my dog is just not sure about the new baby as you know it's a huge change having a baby is a huge change for everyone and then your dog has absolutely no clue like who is this like why is this baby here why is it not walking like is it an animal? Is it a human? It's very confusing. It's, it's, you know, the parents spend a lot of time. It's just with the baby suddenly, they don't have access to you the way they used to before. And so it's a lot of the behaviors that we see is, is, it's not so much about the baby. It's more about that a change and baby is part of the change, but yes, the, the movements and the, the cry, the, newborn crying can trigger lots of reaction. And a lot of times what you're describing to me, I, if I saw a video of the dog doing it, I probably would have noticed tons of stress. The way to do it is always the recipe for success is time, distance, and positive experiences, which means you want your dog to be a little bit further away. You can do it this this way that every time the baby cries, you have some yummy treats, and give your dog and you make sure that they have time to watch the baby from a distance to figure it all out. I call it baby TV where the dog, a lot of times you do it from behind a gate uh, where the dog just watches the baby for hours and um, you can give them a peanut butter cone or a bone. So they have something positive going on and they just, it just, they just watch. So you said when the baby's crying, you should give the dog treats? You could, absolutely, to create a positive association. Just going back to the what you said, like the recipe for success. I saw on your social media that you said that actually the baby blanket like trick is not doesn't actually work necessarily. I don't know if I read that right. Are there... Can you first tell us why, but then also tell us like what are other tools or equipment that we should use to, again, make sure we're set up for success? Yes. So the baby blanket, the magic baby blanket uh, does not quite work the way people would like it to work. Um, And it was a source of stress during COVID for many parents because they couldn't bring that blanket. And then the other reason why it stresses parents out is because they bring that blanket home and the dog grabs it, shakes it, and then destroys it, like shreds to pieces. And then the mom who just gave birth is in tears because now she has this image, my dog is doing the same thing to my baby. It happens a lot. So dogs, in order to create an association, um, you need repetition. So when you bring that blanket home, first of all, your dog is like, well, it, maybe it's a toy, maybe it's like a piece of fabric and the dog can smell the, the detergent, anyone, the scent of every person who touched it, if it was in the bag, the scent of that bag, the baby spit up or, you know, like the, the lotion, anything that was, the, you know, there are so many different smells and yes, your dog will smell the baby on it. But it's not like your dog has, like, there is like a message for the dog. Please love this (laughs) smell. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. right. Like that particular smell, I really want you to love that one of like one of 20 or one of 100. <laughs> so your dog smells it. Yes, they smell the baby. Maybe you give them some treat. They eat the treats because they love them. And then that's it. And your dog doesn't like, they don't really register that this is like, oh yeah, I should be loving the baby now. This is, there is mm-hmm. no guarantee there. <laughs> the uh-huh. time it works is if your dog, is if your baby is in the NICU or if your baby, a lot of times parents send the, ba- the dog to, um, to the family member or friend and they stay there for, let's say a week or two. And if you have a chance to bring every night a baby item and then give your treats, your dog treats, that's when they will make an association. Oh, I keep smelling the same scent over and over. And I keep getting those hot dogs. Man, this is good. I love that scent. I hope they bring it again. So this is when it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's a so great then, tip. Yeah, that is a great tip. And I didn't even think of giving my dog to my in-laws. That's such a great idea. I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> can you, um, cause so then can you share like actual things that, or tools or equipment, or I know you said a gate. Is there anything else that um, you recommend parents do? Before use? you have the baby? Um, just, just to make sure that the dog and the baby get along at any point. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, if I had to give one piece of advice for parents expecting or adopting a child uh, would be, and I know it may sound harsh, is to ignore your dog more before before you have the baby and separate. I know, I know, oh, and separate no. your dog a little bit more because you will do it later. And if you spend the whole pregnancy with your dog in your lap, your dog, and then suddenly there is a baby and and you know there is a, a human being in your lap or in your arms, and then that's that's when your dog really will struggle. And I wasn't really aware. I don't think until I started Instagram, I wasn't really aware of the scale of the problems, um, how many dogs struggle. They don't eat. They throw up. They pee all over the house. They um, they are so, you know, their anxiety level is just so high that many actually have to see a vet um, because they cannot really bounce back. And a lot of, the, a lot of this comes from, lack of preparation. So if, if, you know, if there's one thing, it's not that I want you to like kick your dog out of your house. It's about let's every day, let's have some time alone where after a walk, my dog is going to be in a, like a happy zone. You can like create like a happy zone for your dog. So your dog already has a place where they feel safe and comfortable, or you just put up a baby, baby gate before you even have your child, before even your child starts crawling or walking, and then you start practicing. Okay, I'm going to go to the other room, and you're going to get your chew here, and we're separated. Mm-hmm. So it's physical separation. You mean like because my dog doesn't sit on my lap all day. I just I work all day, so she's like on the couch kind of over there. And then sometimes I'll like go, okay, let's go outside and play for ten minutes. And then we separate again, but still in the same room. Do you think we need more distance? <laughs> well, it depends on the dog, right? It's it's not really, um, think of it this way. Like um, now, your let's say your dog has a reaction to your baby that is a little bit concerning to you, right? Like it's a little bit too excited, really, really doesn't, like tries to really lick your baby all the time. And you it just 
it's too much for you. You just need to, you, you need your baby to be doing tummy time and your dog cannot be there for that. Mm-hmm. You will put your dog somewhere. You So what would be the place? Um, if your dog is crate trained, maybe your dog will go in the crate. If your dog is not, and your dog keeps jumping on the off that couch and tries to get your baby to your baby, and you really want to do tummy time in this room, then you need to find a way of how am I going to separate my dog? Now, if you do it when you have the baby already, and then you put the dog behind a baby gate, it's <laughs> probably- The dog thinks it's the baby's fault. Or, I mean, well, they don't have that part of the brain to like really, you know, go into like all those details, but yes, what they, they will have the fear of missing out. <laughs> they will, <laughs> they will cry probably and whine behind that baby gate because you have never done it. So now you're, yes, there is the baby, you're separating your dog from you. They ha- you have never practiced this before. So it's like, it's stressful on many levels for your dog. And then yes, they may feel like, why am I missing out on everything? And so it is good to do a little bit of that before. It's not so much that, yes, my dog doesn't follow me all over the house and my dog relaxes on the couch. But what if you decide to separate your dog? Let's say you close the door. You know, there are so many dogs that follow people to the bathroom like everywhere, they're never really separated. And it's very hard if your dog is so attached to you and then you have a baby and then you will have to separate at some point. Okay, right. great. <laughs> she balls me. But now, so now if you have a dog and like you're spotting the signs, you're like, okay, I'm spotting the signs of them being aggressive or anxious or um, upset. How do you fix that? Or you is that the point where you're like, if it's intense, you have to really bring in a specialist to help you? Well, if it is intense, if your dog is, is, is showing aggression, and I will definitely not just like, let me just like figure it out and, and let fingers crossed nothing will happen. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing it. If your dog so there is something called ladder of aggression and it's designed like traffic light. So you have the green light, which is the subtle signs of stress where it will be the lip licking. It will be the yawning avoidance. Then you have the orange light. That is where your dog is a little bit more stressed. And then what you might see is the crouch body, the tail is tucked, the ears go back. Right. Right. right? Or, or your dog like does the, many people think it's a roll, like they ask for belly wraps. But if it's like a very like stiff body kind of on the side and your dog showing belly, that is actually your dog uncomfortable. It's your dog saying, I'm not a threat. Like I'm a good boy. <laughs> and then there we have the red light, the red zone where you have the stiff dog, the staring dog, you have the growling, you have the snapping and biting. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends where you are on that aggression ladder. If ideally we always want to respond or, or like help our dogs when they are in the green zone or the orange zone, right? That that's when right. we should be like, okay, my dog, I see that my dog is very stressed in that situation. What can we do to help them? And a lot of times when it's still in the green zone, just by giving your dog more space, that baby TV, or like the one, the thing that I always tell people, when you're on the floor, have the baby on your side, you're in between, and then the dog on the other side. Just by having that leg between them, it actually helps many dogs to feel safe. 
So just like constantly practicing these little tricks and that should really help your dog get used to the fact that there's now a baby there if it's in that green zone. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, yes. What about a toddler? Say like a toddler is, you know, obviously they're just going after the dog, touching his tail or her tail or just up in their in a dog's space. And the dog obviously doesn't, isn't into it. Um, and you can't necessarily separate them all the time. What do you suggest you do? Okay. I would think it, I would look at this this way. Um, every dog has a limit and it may take years until they are done with a certain behavior, or it may take a few months, or it may take a day where they just have a stronger reaction. And I always ask parents, like, do you really want to find out uh, if your dog is very patient or not really that tolerant? So to me, this is, and of course it depends on the dog, right? Like some dogs already have lots of issues and parents know that this wouldn't be a good scenario because their dog really doesn't, is already uncomfortable, keeps avoiding the baby. Um, you know, the, the aggression in dogs is something that's very, very normal. And as much as we don't like seeing it because it complicates our lives and makes them less safe, aggression is normal. And aggression is about safety and dogs value safety. When they show aggressive behaviors, it, it's because they don't feel safe. So it's about how can we keep our, how can we have how can we keep our dog safe and and then keep the child safe? So I would, with toddlers, with many things you can, they can have a redo, right? Like, like let's do it one more time, but there are no reduce with dogs, reduce with dogs because the dog may not be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And it's an animal with a mouth full of teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So so then what what do you do? Well, I mean, I have rules of interaction. I do, you know, you do separate initially a lot. You can do this thing where I call it like one loose, one contained. There is actually a lot of time when your baby is in the high chair. Your baby is um, napping. You are outside where it's much easier for most dogs, right? Because they can move. If you have a backyard, they're going to be faster than, than a toddler and mm-hmm. and they and they outside there is less of this flight fight response so there yeah. are many situations where you can have them together and the baby will be doing something else and the dog will be doing something else but then there is usually a time like those afternoon hours when the baby's tired and and maybe tantruming and and doesn't listen and that's the time where your dog it's best to separate them mm-hmm. Uh, just, just so it, you know, your dog doesn't feel like, okay, I keep, I keep lip licking. I keep yawning. I keep having my ears back. No one's listening. And then they cool. growl. And that's when the parent rushes, picks up the baby and what the dog learns. Wow. Months of lip licking, months of yawning, nothing happened. I growled once and they removed the child. Yeah. Genius. I will be doing the dog though. I mean, well, they still get the space either way. It works for them. What the dog is learning in this situation is 
it worked. It worked fast. I don't have to lip lick. I don't have to yawn. All I will be doing from now on, (laughs) I will be growling because growling keeps me safe. And that's not good because that's when you lose those subtle body language and the dog just growls, you're in a very different place. And from growling, you're much closer to snapping and biting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what are some things to do if now like one of the aggressions that you're not aggressions, but one reaction your dog has is to constantly bark. And now the dog is barking through naps and it's just very disruptive. Is the barking child related to Maybe, the child? Let's say it's not, let's say it's not related to the child. Just in general, the bark, the dog just barks like when the kid's napping and how do you manage sort of now, like now there's a new, there's a new thing there is in the house that the dog needs to be respectful of um, whether or not it's about the child or it wants more attention or it's just some, something is anxious or it's just barking at the television. What it, how do you start to manage that? The barking. Okay. It, it can, it can drive parents crazy. Um, I absolutely understand that. Um, the good news is that most kids will sleep through that. Um, it's, it's, um, they can hear your dog now when, when, uh, when your child is, is in your belly, they can hear the dog. So they, they usually sleep through this. Um, you can always add a white noise machine for the child. So just to make sure that your child is not going to be, the sleep is not going to be interrupted because I would say for most parents, that, that's, that's what really matters here. Now the barking can still be annoying to you. So then barking is one of those things where um, a lot of times if you increase exercise or increase the mental stimulation and, and that that's what you can do by giving your dog peanut butter conk or giving your dog a chew so they have something to do a lot of times it reduces the barking you don't have to do any special training so a lot of times just by I know it's hard to like I don't really have time for myself now I have to exercise my dog so you know I I get it so sometimes you have to be a little bit creative or ask someone for help or hire a walker or send the dog to daycare but exercise does reduce the barking and then and giving your dog a job but do you think that giving them a treat for barking, like if you're giving them a peanut butter Kong or something to keep them busy, they see that as a positive reinforcement? I mean, I would give it right away. I would not, I would not give it to, if the dog barks at me while I'm preparing a peanut butter Kong, yes, that's the dog, that's the demand barking. And the, as, as if the dog was saying, hurry up, I'm waiting, give me that Kong now. Yes, that's when I will be rewarding the barking. Now, if my dog barks for, other reasons. And I just want them. It's kind of like giving a child, you're on the plane and you're giving them an iPad, right? Or you're on in the car and you're giving them something to do. It's, it's the same concept. It's not really that I'm rewarding a behavior. It's that I'm preventing the dog from doing something. Mm-hmm. Right. If the trigger is, you know, if the trigger is because the dog barks because they sit on the couch and then look out of the window and then they bark yes. at the people who are outside, yeah, that's, and you problem. Just, that's when you don't, you know, like the, like, so it's, you always want to look at the trigger. Why is my dog doing it? And then go from, okay, how can I change that? Well, my dog should not be sitting there because if the visual, you know, of looking at people outside is that it's what triggers the barking, then by having the dog somewhere else, I probably will get less barking. 
Um, so window films work wonders. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's something that, that definitely helps a lot. Um, if the noises are, are disrupting uh, or cause the barking, you can have a white noise machine. I know it's going to be a lot of like white noise machine, <laughs> but you can have it by the door. You can disconnect the doorbell. You can, you know, leave like a note for people not to knock and not to ring the doorbell. Um, there are many ways that you can manage it by, you know, so you, you remove all the triggers. But like, what if it's something you can't remove? Like if the dog barks at like someone coming in through the door, so, you know, someone coming home and she's barking. I mean, that we're, we're going into more complicated scenarios. Where, complicated. Okay. Because it's like, you know, like I'm, is my dog, is it, is it, uh, is my dog, is it like excitement barking or is my dog scared? Because this is like a, I know, like a delivery person and my dog really doesn't like people in uniforms with baseball caps. Right. So it's just like, it's like, it, yeah. you, you, you know, the answer or the, the training will be a little bit different here. My dog um, just doesn't like men. She doesn't know. <laughs> well, you see, right. So this is in that case, she barks out of fear. Um, okay. So it's a, it's a little bit different than excitement barking where the dog uh, and, and some breeds, again, like some breeds are vocal. They were bred to be vocal, <laughs> right? They, they don't do anything wrong. They should be alerting to noises. That, yeah. that, was, that was the purpose for having that dog or breeding that dog. So say we wanted to hire, somebody listening wants to hire a dog trainer, what would you expect? Like, what does the dog trainer then do to help train the dog from various things to help prepare um, with a baby or a kid? Or even, let's say, you know, Brittany, you have a toddler, too, at home and you wanted to train your dog. Is it what, what, what would one expect the trainer to come help do? A lot of times people reach out when there is a problem, right? Like something that they, they, they struggle with. So that could be the barking, that could be the jumping, or it could be the dog lunging at people. So then the, the, the trainer will always, like with the pandemic, it was a little bit different because many sessions were virtual. So I, I personally was asking people to send me videos of those situations because a lot of times when you're, doing a session, the dog, of course, is going to be on their best behavior and never bark, not a single time. So I, I, I ask people like, can you film it for me so I can actually see what's going on? And a lot of times, you know, we ask a lot of questions to really get to the root of the problem, because sometimes it is, um, it is a e very easy fix. And sometimes it turns out, wow, this is like so much more complicated. And in the, and, you know, and the dog has been rehearsing it for a very long time and the dog actually barks because they guard your house yeah, and they are very protective and, yeah. that's very, you know, so it's like, it's, it's always comes down to like, what are the reasons for the behavior here? Like, what is the trigger? And it's very different. Like your example, like if a dog barks at men because she doesn't like them, which means she's scared or is the dog just super happy the doorbell rings and the dog barks because it's a noise and then the person enters and the dog just loves everyone it's very excited to see them right that's very very different it's going to be very different training okay so is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like we should know going into this bringing a baby home and having our dogs or that any of our listeners might 
want to know? I think we covered a lot. Uh, <laughs> the more you prepare your dog for the change and, and the more time you spent training your dog before you have the baby or, or then later kids, uh, the easier it's going to be later. And um, sometimes people really, uh, I had, I had people where they were like reaching out to me like two days before the, you know, they're like, um, like I'm doing two days or like I have a C-section in two days. And, and that's very hard because there's really not much we can do at this point. So it's, it's, if your dog, some dogs are very well trained and then it's, of course it may be possible, but if your dog has zero training and has behavioral issues and you are, that's the last thing on my list before having that baby is like, okay, now let's train the dog in two days. <laughs> and that it's just not realistic. You know, right. they, that it's just not going to happen overnight. So I, you know how hard it is once you have kids to really spend time training the dog, right? It's like, yeah, it's, it's very hard, especially the first month or the first year. And then maybe you have another child soon after. And then, you know, you have two under two and that dog and you're like, I'm too tired. I don't have time to train my dog. So spend time before you have your child and you don't need that much. But if your dog knows five behaviors really well, you're going to be thankful every day that you did it before you have your child. I'm going to go call a dog trainer right after this. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been great. I feel like there's hope, although I definitely need a trainer. <laughs> um, how can people follow you? Are you taking clients or um, training virtually? I get so many requests. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's no way I can help everyone. So I decided that it's time for online courses. I just launched the first one two weeks ago. And this oh, one is awesome. how, to, how to safely introduce your baby to your dog the right way. <laughs> and so this is a mini course. And then I have another one coming in this month. It, this one will be the preparation course. So that covers how to train your dog and want to, what to change in, in your house in, before you have the baby. And I'm, I will be doing some virtual sessions and there is, um, you can, you can go to the website and there is a form to fill out, but there is definitely way more demand than I can actually, you know, I, I don't have that much time to work I'm with sure. clients. So yes. Yeah, so, but um, yes, the courses are, this is how I prepared my dog for my kids and the introduction course is how I would introduce my dog now with everything that I know from my professional and personal experience to make sure that it's a safe introduction and then you feel prepared. That's great. So how can people go sign up for that? Uh, it's on my web website, dogmeetsbaby.expert. Okay. Everyone go there, check it out and follow on at dog meets baby, right? Yeah, it's on the Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. At dog meets underscore baby. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I kind of want to sign up for your class right now. Yeah, and, same. Um, <laughs> everyone, go check it out. And that is it for this episode of Vetch's Moms podcast. 
Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Apple, Spotify, follow Betcha's Moms on Instagram, follow me at Aileen, follow Brittany at Britt Rich. And remember, there are no rules on this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, right, Regina? Please stop talking. The Betches Moms podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Social media by Brittany Levine. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your emails to moms at betches.com. Betches.